Hello, welcome to the show. I'm here with Dave, obviously. How are you doing? Dave, obviously. <laughs> That'll be a good... Maybe that should be my DJ name. The podcast name? Um, how are you doing? You right? Yeah, I'm alright. I thought, to keep things snooker-based, we could talk about um, oh, yeah. when, we, when we went to play snooker last oh, month. Yeah. Because, um, sure people want to hear about that. We used to play fairly often. Yeah. Um, and in my mind, it was like four or five years ago. But when I turned up to your house and you dug the membership card out, it yeah. expired in, when was it? 2013. So it was nearly ten years, which was a bit of a shock. Yeah, and when we handed it in, like at the, the, the counter to like kind of table, is my card. The, the girl, who was about 19, looked at it and went, Oh, you've changed a bit. Well, she's yeah. Your picture come up and she went. Oh, it's changed disgusting. Changed a bit. It was almost. I was like, like she, why have they got my picture anyway? I thought that was weird. It's. She might as well have said, "You've let yourself go. You mean oh, back, dirty old man." <laughs> but, yeah, um, I thought that was quite offensive. But they mm. are—they're all just like knobhead students, isn't they? Aren't they? Knobhead students listening to wanky student music. <laughs> yeah. Um, but when we started playing. I didn't realise my It all eyes... came flooding back. Well, it didn't because my eyesight was so bad. It was just a haze of colour. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't really. I honestly you still beat me. I could still beat you, but I couldn't aim. I couldn't really aim properly. And I was genuinely thinking, I need the big Dennis Taylor snooker glasses. Yeah. But I feel quite embarrassed when we walk in there with our own cues. Yeah. So to walk in there with the big glasses. <laughs> Maybe just put a waistcoat on. <laughs> I'll have to wear the shades version. Yeah. Flip ups. Aviators. <laughs> it's me, Dennis. It's me, Dennis Taylor. Also, we were, um, when we were playing, we were getting a lot of unwanted side. Yeah, unwanted side salad. <laughs> On the restaurant. Who ordered the side salad? Unwanted side order of side. They were pinging off. sides? <laughs> they were pinging no. off the cushions yeah, like that. It's, it's very easily done, isn't it? So it was a bit, the whole thing was a bit of a disaster. It was, well, only if you judged it on the standard of were we any good. Yeah. We weren't. I had fun. Oh, I had fun. I had my fun. <laughs> And that's all that matters. Also, you might not remember this. It was quite a while back now, but um, we just recorded the podcast recently, the last one. And yeah. there was a bit of audio missing. And I said, oh, we need to oh, record yeah. some bits into the phone. Yeah, yeah. But it was quite shouty. We couldn't do it in the snooker hall. Yeah. And we drove back. It was quite late at night. And you said, I'll just pull into Mackie's car park and I'll shout into your phone whatever you need. <laughs> so we pulled in. We yeah. bypassed the um, drive through. Drive through, went straight to the back of the car. And uh, to shout into the phone, getting some funny looks from yeah. the manager. Uh, <laughs> are you podding or dogging, lads? <laughs> What's going on? Are you podding well, or dogging, lads? Well known local podding spot. Couple of podders. Couple of pods. Are you podding or dogging? <laughs> Is it podding or dogging? Eh? You have to buy Clear big, off. Bit my big muck and fuck off. <laughs> it's a hot spot for podders, this. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we should have bought a fillet of fish. <laughs> a fillet of fish, please, mate. I'm just off for a bit of jogging. I always found the fillet of fish really funny. The fillet. Well, I always thought it sounded ex- exceptionally posh for some reason. I, o- I always associated it with a kind of hyacinth bouquet. Oh, just the fillet of fish. <laughs> the fillet of fish. <laughs> and a glass of tap water. Um, but can you... Yeah, I went... Mrs... She'd be better for KFC ordering, wouldn't she? A chicken bouquet. bouquet. The bargain bouquet. <laughs> um, I once went to um, McDonald's when I was a child. Mm-hmm. Well, not once, lots of times, but one yeah. time in particular. Um, and I saw an old man there ordering <laughs> with for his grandchildren. And they yeah. ordered what they wanted. They said, like, I want a chicken nuggets or whatever. And then they went, and what do you want? And they went, oh, I'll just have a hot dog. <laughs> 
And I felt so sorry for him. I felt really sorry for him because I just thought, like, he he doesn't know what he's doing. That's quite funny. That's quite sweet. Yeah, it was quite sweet. Do you remember once when we were really hungover and we drove into the KFC drive-thru? No. And I ordered, like, a whatever chicken burgers for us. And then she went, oh, what side do you want? And I just sort of, like, froze. (laughs) You were feeding me. It was like you were feeding me large. You went, beans. (laughs) Say beans. I went, beans. (laughs) Beans. Shouting beans at her. Really loud. Dick Bucket was her husband. Dick Bucket. <laughs> you live quite close to McDonald's. Are you ever tempted to nip over and deconstruct a Big Mac? <laughs> um, yeah. Is it it's quite a, tempting? Are you so it's close? Not, it's not tempting. I mean, I don't. I it's not tempting. Um, we don't go there regularly. No. But, you know, we did once on the way home, walking back from the pub yes. several years ago, um, flagged down a black cab to go through the drive through and then when we came out of the drive through he was like right where, where do you want to go now and we are like oh no that's it <laughs> we live just over the road just wanted you to and uh, he, was, he wasn't happy about it like I don't know why he got his money Can you, like, do, you can't just walk up to it no you can't because we tried that first oh, I just right. went up to the counter and they were like no you've got to be in a car oh, so we flagged a black car why? went brown that's fucking stupid isn't it but do you think cause everyone just jobs worth me mm-hmm. um <laughs> Well, we flagged a black cab, came round and, hey, remember us? You just told us to fuck off. We're back in a car, so give us our Big Macs. What do you think uh, would, what do you think would constitute a car? Something quite basic. Like, like, a, like a, a Flintstones bit? car. <laughs> you've got on a wheelie bit or something. They leave it? It's got wheels, what's your problem? <laughs> or skateboard. Mm. Don't know. I don't think they're qualified mechanics. No. I don't think they'd be able to tell. Anyway, McDonald's there, everybody. The McDonald's there. Other um, restaurants are available. I quite enjoyed on the last episode the Bowie Hearn stuff. Barry Hearn. <laughs> it's like a Bowie Hearn jingle. Um, he should have so his own another clip of him. Oh so yeah, go on. He used to manage Ronnie O'Sullivan when he was a teenager. Mm. When Ronnie was a teenager. Mm. Um, and he was trying to get him to be a professional before the age he was allowed to. I think it's 18. Okay. And uh, so he had to sort of go and pitch to the uh, WPBSA to try and get him instated. Instated? Is that a word? Uh, yeah. Instated, yeah. yeah I'm um, going to allow it. As a, as a professional. Yeah. And you know Bowie, he doesn't do things by halves. No. Um, this is his way of negotiating. This is what he does. He doesn't do it okay. the normal way. Here we go business you have to use different techniques and different tactics to achieve your objectives and some of them are weird and, and this was particularly weird because I was you, you wouldn't imagine seeing such a nice old guy like me now but I was very unpopular with the governing body the WPBSA because I was a bit of a renegade and I did things that they didn't approve of I'm sure they were right sometimes not to like me but when it came to my looking after players sometimes that dislike of me overflowed onto the player, which was unfair, on the player. Ronnie O'Sullivan was slightly under the age of being allowed in, but was such a talent that the game was crying out for this genius to be included in the professional ranks. But the WPBSA in those days wouldn't let him in. They were strictly sticking to the letter of the law. So we arranged a meeting where I went up to see the WPBSA board and you could feel the animosity in the room. They didn't like me, simple as that. And, you know, right or wrong, they didn't like me. And I actually turned around to them, and, and when, it, when, it, when I was making no progress on getting Ronnie 
fast-tracked into the professional game. I said, gentlemen, I think we all know what's going on here. I said, you don't like me. So I have a suggestion for you. And I dropped my trousers. Then I dropped my underwear. And my hairy ass was exposed to them. I leaned over a tree and said, if you want to fuck anyone, fuck me, but don't fuck the kid. And of course, they can imagine Jeff Folds, John Spencer, all these, their faces were like, it just threw them completely. And then Jeff Folds had a little bit of a stutter in those days. And he just said, pull your trousers up. And three minutes later, Ronnie O'Sullivan was allowed to become a professional snooker. Unbelievable that he did that. Right. You don't like me, I don't like you. Pull your pants up. Put your dick away. <laughs> it's an unusual way of doing business. Later on in his career, yeah. he, he just used to cut out the early bit. He used to walk in, arse first. <laughs> right, who's having a bit of this? Sign on the dotted line. Venue vitriol. If you can come down to the crucible and watch snooker, you will feel so prolonged. And you can say, I was there, I did, and I don't even like snooker. Right! For you to say. Should we do some venue vitriol? Have you printed them on labels again? Yeah, I've got them on labels. Um, uh, do you know what I really liked on the last episode? Um, the Gregorian monk. Uh, but maybe just read it out normally first and then you can uh, switch into monk mode <laughs> monk mode this Bob's is monk house this is uh, oh this is actually McDonald's drive through I think that's what? quite apt if you want to do that one right McDonald's drive through never again it's, that's the title of this never again for McDonald's I don't know where is it Litchfield McDonald's or something Ask Dan R. about McDonald's. Litchfield. Can you do it with a lisp? Uh, I'll do it like this first. <laughs> I have just been called a dickhead by the young woman at the window because I didn't want the cardboard drinks holder. She ended up pushing it angrily onto the floor with my food and then practically throwing the bag at me whilst calling me, I will say again... Dickhead. Never again. Never again. Never again in my life. Uh, I have just been called a dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> you get the idea with that. I have just been called a dickhead. So satisfying to do, isn't it? Can you do it in falsetto? Try it in falsetto. I can't do it like that. I have just been caught a dick. Should we try to do it in harmony? Yeah, okay. I have just been caught a dick. Maybe we should just do a, a monastery podcast this welcome to gregorian chanting this is from um it's from a village oh this is just 
a review of the village of Dent. I don't know where the village is. It's the village of Dent. So somebody just went there and then reviewed on TripAdvisor. The village Dent. They've spe- <coughs> they've spelt pubs wrong. Oh, spelt so spell it two B's. Well, you can you'll get to it. You'll get to it. Pubes. <laughs> I bet it's pubes. Hey, a lovely little market town with a bubbly atmosphere and a night light of local beer in the ninth pubes. As a matter of fact, I'm itching for my next visit to the Dales. <laughs> I met a spunky young lad who showed me around my village. Name was Connor or Scott, I think. Shout out, Connor or Scott. <laughs> There's a lovely sense that eyes are on you at all times, which is very reassuring. 100% recommended. There's definitely an undertone here of, like, something's happened. Yes. They what? put pubes... Look at being the nice pubes. As a matter of fact, I'm itching for my next visit. Uh, <laughs> you like a I met a spunky young lad. Uh, and it's, the review's called Lovely Spot. Yum, yum. He's got crabs. You've got crabs. <laughs> Newsflash! Crabs epidemic in Dent. <laughs> in your dent. Lovely. You've got lovely pubes. Oh, you've got lovely pubes, my lord. <laughs> I tell you what, my lord. I've never seen a set of pubes like that. <laughs> oh, what lovely thick pubes you got there. Just keep your Tolly Roger nice and warm, eh? You like thicker. Lovely pubes! <laughs> Excuse me, love. Oh, lovely pubes there. <laughs> love. Come back! <laughs> right, this, this one's from... Um, a restaurant in Oddle Twistle. Oswald Twistle. Uh, Oddle Twistle. I don't know the restaurant's called. Restaurant de Hommers. De Hommers. Restaurant de Hommers. <laughs> rubbery like a condom. Oh, yeah, it's titled Rubbery. Rubbery like a condom. <laughs> the owner was semi lovely. The waitress refused to service me. The omelette was rubbery like a condom stuffed with meat. And they made me watch a rather awful dance show. Not to mention the fact that they made me wash my own plate afterwards and that the owner threatened to burn me alive. <laughs> I would only recommend this place to people who have unresolved mental issues and enjoy being mistreated in various ways, mentally, physically and emotionally. I give it three out of five because the waitress was steaming hot. <laughs> was like a rubbery condom stuffed with meat. <laughs> the owner threatened to burn me alive. <laughs> Despite all this, I still give it three stars. Not to mention the fact that they made me wash my own plate afterwards. <laughs> Uh, that the owner threatened to burn me alive. Three stars. <laughs> the uh, condom stuff with meat. Of all those things, I think the worst thing is being made to wash your own plate afterwards. Yeah. How did they not... force him to do that? It must have been like a really dodgy. But like... I mean, what I mean is, how did they? Well, yeah. How did they actually compel them to do it? There's something weird about that. Because if I went to a restaurant and they like wash that plate, I'd just go no. If you sat down. So, yeah. Let's say you go to a restaurant. Okay, I'm in a restaurant, yeah. And they bring over a literal condom. A literal condom stuff of meat. Yeah. But the meat it's a sausage. It's just a sausage. <laughs> yeah. That's a sausage. Yeah, it's called a sausage. But it was an actual condom. 
Right. And we'll be fucking masking. <laughs> Mistake. Keep stuff in the meeting. <laughs> Getting bigger. What would you do? Would I eat it? Is that what you're asking? If it was beautiful meat inside. Uh, I'd probably just cut cut it open with my knife and just eat the meat from the, you within. You wouldn't that complain. Wouldn't oh, I wouldn't like to make a false <laughs> I'll just eat the middle. I'll leave the skin. We're so polite. We probably would do that. Me and you. Just suck Good. the meat out of a giant condom. <laughs> that were lovely. That when they come home and say, "Everything all right with your meal?" Yes, lovely. <laughs> Don't want to make a fuss. <laughs> just eat it. Don't say anything. Just eat it, Dave. Don't say anything. You can't leave all that. Uh, can I just ask what what is this? The it's a rubbery condom stuffed with meat, mate. <laughs> This is from the Manor, Elstree. It was a hotel. The Manor! Elstree. I've been to Elstree. I'll just read it from there, because that bit's a bit boring. I went to a training course in Elstree. Issue number one! During our stay, we discovered a condom, which had been left outside on the outside rim of our bedroom mirror. We were absolutely horrified. We have never experienced such a sight in any hotel. My husband and I just froze. (gasps) and stared at this thing in front of us. We started to question whether the room had even been cleaned properly. Not a welcoming thought in a normal situation, much less a global pandemic. We immediately went to reception to report the problem. The staff member was also shocked, but then proceeded to ask questions such as, well, how did it get there? Tumbleweed. (laughs) Um, we don't know. Just please remove it. She also told us that the person that occupied the room before us was a day stayer. So she didn't think it was her. It was definitely her. If she's only there for the day, why yeah. do you think people book hotel rooms during the day? Yeah. <clears throat> Condom found in room. You <laughs> just did. Day stayer. Condom found on rim. <laughs> of window. Breaking news. This just in, condom found in room. <laughs> Let me just get the titles of some of the reviews. Put them together. It's like a news bulletin. Okay. And now the news of David Webb. This just in, condom found in room. Rubbery like a condom. Lovely spot, yum yum. <laughs> Never again. Have we done your lovely spot, yum yum? We done the lovely spot, yum yum. <laughs> we done that, yeah, we done that one. We haven't done any milk in been happening in our lives nothing I'll tell you nothing what much. happened to me well it didn't really happen to me but abort <laughs> just made it up well no it did happen but it's not very exciting but I'll tell you about it anyway because okay. something something amusing came off the back of it I bought a job lot of snooker magazines off oh, eBay of course you fucking did <laughs> that's not surprising <laughs> um, 80s 90s snooker magazines how much did you pay for this job lot I don't know about, they were quite too as, much quite, <laughs> yeah they are too much actually um, but anyway I bought them yeah. And I looked through them carefully, just looking for things I could put on Twitter, little sna- snapshots. Snippets. I didn't really find too much. Mm. And I'd looked all through them, put them in a big box, ready to go up in the loft. And I just started leafing through the top one again for some reason. I think it was 1985. Yeah. And my eyes were drawn to this little advert. Mm. And I started reading it. I was like, oh my God, that's amazing. And it was um, a self-published book about being a groupie 
on the snooker scene in the 80s. Wow. Right, read the description, because I thought this is going to be brilliant for the podcast. We can start reading it out as like a little... Like, do you know, um, like story time. Yeah. So just, just read, it, read out the advert. Okay. Nicky Davies' scorching expose of the snooker circuit, lifting the lid off the world behind the scenes to reveal snooker, scandal, sex, glamour, love, sex, booze, groupies, gambling, more snooker and sex, fixed matches, drugs, rivalry, blackmail, even more S and S, abduction, violence. Did we mention snooker and sex? <laughs> you did several times. Wow. That's amazing, isn't it? Yes. So my eyes it's are... called Bayes. Yeah. Bayes. Uh, my eyes nearly popped out of my head when I saw that. I thought, yeah. I thought, do you know that podcast? My dad wrote a porno. Yeah, yeah. I thought we could sort of see. My dad wrote a snooker porno. <laughs> I thought we could serialise it like that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I thought, brilliant, got to get hold of it. And then I thought, this is a self-published book from 1985 in the back of a snooker magazine. This is like that Yellow Pages advert. Oh, well, yeah. Um, J.R. Hartley. What happened was, there was a copy on Amazon. And it's 50 quid. Fucking and I thought, can I gamble on that? Because it might be crap. Please tell me that you did. Right, I bought it on Amazon for 50 quid. And I panicked and I thought, I can't spend 50 quid on this book. And then I found it on another website. This strange website. And this guy's inherited the snooker archive of memorabilia from Joe Davis and Fred mm. Davis. And it's just listings of thousands of books and memorabilia mm. on this website. And I found it on there for a fiver. Mm. So I quickly cancelled the Amazon one. And I thought, I'm going to get this one on here. And you have to ring this guy in Wales called Derek and order the book. I thought, this is going to be really embarrassing ordering a sexy snooker book. Have you got that? Uh, yeah. So, well, <laughs> what a fake voice. Have you got bays? <laughs> yeah. Well, it was quite Can you funny. send it really quick? Yeah. Round envelope. <laughs> but um, it, it was embarrassing because I had to ring up and say, oh, like, I'm after this book called Bays. And he was like, oh, bays. And I yeah, thought, yeah, yeah, dirty right. fucker, are you? <laughs> what he said. I've he heard said, about you a lot. He said to me when he was looking, he went, are you into snooker, son? I thought, I thought, I could say, uh, no, just sex. Just sex, mate. <laughs> I'm, into, I'm into niche sex novels. Oh, are you into snooker, son? No. Just, no, just sex. Just wanking. <laughs> just, just chronic wanking. <laughs> um, um, so, so that was quite embarrassing. But he didn't really mention the uh, the content of the book. No. He just he just sort of took my money and uh, posted it off and it came in the post. <laughs> it came in the post. <laughs> Wow, it must um, be good. And un- I have to report, though, unfortunately, it is, it is totally unusable because it's absolutely, completely deranged filth. Like I could not oh, read it out. Okay. It's so embarrassing. Can we read it bits of it out? I can, we can't. It's just so horrible. And oh, come on, show it's me. It's disgusting. I will show you after the podcast, but it's so like, you could not read it out. It's just really embarrassing. Stuff. What if we do it in a like a Gregorian chant? Hmm. <laughs> Well, I haven't planned. I haven't even got the book. Uh, well, Maybe next episode I'll find some bits that aren't like complete and utter filth. Like it's really like you wouldn't want to say it. It's, it's like it's, uncomfortable. It's really uncomfortable. Like really graphic oh, sex man. scenes. Like like horrible stuff. Oh, my I mean, you can't believe it, can you? You can't believe it. Where's the cue ball going? Maybe if we ever do a late night version of this podcast. We can, like Hollyoaks. Yeah. Or maybe if we do like a Patreon, we could uh, do it serialised on that. I don't think I could bring myself to say it. It's just a bit. F- like gross anyway yeah it was unusable but it was quite a funny little uh, story it's a good story but at least now you can sell it on Amazon for 50 quid yeah good to good I'll tell you what you remember we used to do um, Chinese whispers where I'd go on Chinese Uh, snooker websites uh, and read what was translated and it was sometimes quite funny yes well I remember 
the translation on Google Translate is getting so good, they rarely crop up, but I still look. And then mm. I found this one. It was um, a blog about different world champions. And the way it translated Graham Dot's name really <laughs> made me laugh. Do you want to read it out? Okay. <laughs> Gormlet Dot. <laughs> Gormlet Dot is short and thin, but he still won the 2006 World Championship with his strong confidence and superb skills. People nicknamed, nicknamed him Pocket Bomb, which means don't underestimate Dortmund's weak body once he explodes. He is enough to beat anyone. I think Gormlet Dot is such a great name. It's like an anagram of his name, isn't it? It's, it sounds Gormlet. like a fantasy character. Gormlet Dort. I'm Gormlet Dort. Like, I'm a pocket bomb. Don't underestimate Gormlet. Don't underestimate Gormlet Dortmund's weak body. <laughs> Once I explode, I'm enough to beat anyone. <laughs> oh my God! You underestimate my weak body at your peril. I'm Gormlet. I'm Gormlet Dortmund. When I explode, the pocket bomb. (laughs) (coughs) Uh, It is a very good name, Gormlet Dort. What else has been happening? Should we do a uh, vlogging spot? Yeah. I found these two vloggers. Yeah. And they went to a snooker exhibition and met a snooker player. Ah. So I'll listen to these. Sounds like right up our street. These two. Yeah, it does. Should we talk about that snooker player that wanted his photo with me? Apparently, we're a three time world champion by all accounts. If anybody wants to see it, I'll stick it on Instagram. I went to watch my brother play snooker up at the local snooker club in Levels in Huddersfield. This Welsh fella turned up, kept looking over at me and I thought, this guy fancies me or something, or he wants his photo. So I said, look, are you alright mate? And he's best Welsh, yeah can I have my photo with you? I said, of course you can. Three times world champion Mark Williams. Jane was <laughs> gobsmacked. What I ever. Oh. The thing is, I was the first one that had the balls, ah. literally, to go over and ask him for a photo. Three and times. And as soon as I went over, Three. everybody were like, oh my God, <gasps> I've got to get my photo. Three times. And for some Snooker unknown world. reason, my husband had a few to drink and he's like, that Mark's looking at me. And I went, he's looking at you because he's stood with me, your bloody wife. He's wanting to, you know, getting a few photos of me. So I'm like, I need to get my photo with him. What a guy. Oh, what a dude. What a guy. So pleasant. The best of the best. And I have met some famous people in my day, but for me, he is by far one of the best. One of the best. Honestly. We could have spoke to him all night. Easily. Easily. What a guy. What? About seven foot. (sighs) I did not. 
We don't watch these snooker players on television. You don't. And you you don't appreciate until you actually see him. Ronnie Ronnie O'Sullivan. He's small. He looks taller on TV he and does. he's small in real life. But yet Matt Williams looks nothing like no. the height that he is. To me, he's I think... He's a giant. Giant! <laughs> he's a giant! He's taller than the tree. Seven foot eight. Oh, you're best of the best. I've met lots of people. He's I've met so many famous people. He's the best. He's, the best. he's one of the best. He's one of the best. He, he were mint. Top 20. He were mint. What a dude. <laughs> <laughs> What a dude! What a dude! Um, so what do they vlog about these pair me, me videos? people. But he, was, he was the best of the best. He's the best. He's a dude. What a dude. Yeah, I've met some famous people in my day, but what a fucking dude. He wanted to pick it up with me. He was mint. He was mint. He was mint. He's mint. He's massive. He's a mint giant. He's a giant mint. <laughs> Don't know. Okay, so does he still listen, Connor Langdon? Connor, email in. We want to hear from you. What you've been up to? Are you alive? What? Yeah. What you've been up to, basically? Are you? Well? What did you get up to in lockdown? Mm. How did you entertain yourself, Connor? What are you up to? Are you still watching snooker? Are you still listening to the podcast? Yeah. If you listen to this, we need now, to know. You must be. Um, so here's the competition, just for fun. If anyone can guess, just for fun. Give us a shout out on Twitter. Tell us that you like the podcast. Get involved. Here we go. The last time he played Alan Carter in the final of the World Championship, in my honest opinion, Ronnie O'Sullivan was as close to being unplayable. Any ideas? Yeah, I think I know who that is. No, good, good, good. Um, should we do some letters? Because I kept one back letters. from last episode. Yes. Because I knew I won't get any, but we did actually get another one, so we've got two. Let us pray. Um, this is the one I kept back. Kept back. Oh. Get back. Get back. Still missing. Get back for the next episode. Get back. Um, it's that one from James. James. James Howard. Bit louder into the mic. James Howard. <clears throat> Hello, Dave and Ben. Just email it to say how good it is to have you doing the show again. It has been so long since the last one I figured you'd packed it in. Been an avid listener from the very beginning and I keep coming back for Davo's dreamy, Dave's dreamy dulcet tone. The font is very small. Yes, it is. Figure I should have a question to go with this, so what's your opinion on Ronnie O'Sullivan? I think he's a complete losser. Losser. <laughs> Lost. Why does he print it so small? It's just the impossible to read. Label printers. It's like, like newspapers get, from the 19th century. Get, get it closer to your eyes. That's not my work. <clears throat> what is your opinion on Ronnie O'Sullivan? I think he's a complete tosser or losser. And I'm sick of the circus that comes with him. Be interested to hear your thoughts. A lot of people think they'll be interested to hear our thoughts when they're deeply disappointed when they hear them. What do you think about Ronnie O'Sullivan? Uh, I just... You've... Been quite vocal about the yeah. people that shout out in the past. I d- yeah, I mean, 
Good Roddy. Good Roddy! That is quite annoying. Yeah. I don't mind Ronnie Sullivan, and obviously, I think like as an individual, I think he's he's a very interesting character, and he's obviously the best player that's ever been. Yes. But I am also just a little bit like um, I don't care anymore. I, I want him. I, I think the game would be better without him in it. Do you know what I mean? There's too much focus on him, and it's yeah. almost like everything's focused on Ronnie during the tournament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, press wise and sort of particularly the BBC. Wise. Like I mean, the BBC and Eurosport, like, the main coverage, and ITV as well, I suppose. But they all just like if Ronnie's mm. playing, it becomes a massive thing. Like, oh, and they try and get him in for interviews, and, and it's not his fault because yeah. like I think he's quite ch- he's quite cool when they interview him, and he's quite like calm about everything. He doesn't big himself up. I but think there's a lot of people only watch snooker to watch Ronnie Sullivan, which yeah. is a shame. Yeah, um, and I think. I don't mind him too much, and I don't mind all that in terms of like, there's almost like a subplot when when he's in a tournament yeah. running that like how is how's Ronnie going to play? And I quite yeah. like subplots within a tournament. Yeah, I like yeah. you know people hate the fact that Stephen Hendry's got a wild card. But I think it's quite good. Yeah, yeah, just things that mix it up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's okay. But um, and I think it's slightly overstated how good he is. He, he's obviously very he's obviously a brilliant player, but yeah. I think he's had so <laughs> much experience in playing in front of the cameras. Yeah, and it doesn't really matter to him anymore. But I think like and he doesn't win everything. He doesn't, but I mean, he's he's how old is he now? Like getting on for fifty. Getting on for fifty. So he's 40s. he's at the end. You know, where most pros would have already retired by now. Mm-hmm. He's still going. He's still winning tournaments, and he's still like the one to beat. Yes. I think like the other thing with Ronnie is because he was because he was so messed up in his head. Yes. At like the time when he should have been peak career, he's probably underachieved yes. for what oh, for, for what like he, he could have done. Maybe ten. I mean, if if he was as like together as he when he was younger as he is now, he would have just won everything. He would have dominated, and that would have been bad for the sport. Yeah. Also, if Ronnie Sullivan had never been a snooker player, we probably would have had Higgins dominating through the nineties and two thousands, which would have been dreadful when it was down to like six tournaments. Yeah. He probably would have won them all. Yeah. That could have killed snooker off. Yeah. Yeah. So, in those respects. (coughs) Well, James, there's good and bad. Take them, take them or leave them. Do what you want with them thoughts. You can put them in a bin bag and leave them out <laughs> for the binnies if you want. So we did have another email. This is oh, yeah. quite exciting because it comes from uh, New Jersey. New Jersey! Um, and this is... Uh, they've sent us a clip as well, which is oh. ideal. Sweet. Can we read so that? So have a read of that if you can. It's quite small, the text. <clears throat> That's the same fucking newsprint. Hi, Ben and Dave. My son Johan and I love your show. <coughs> We were in fits of giggles as we listened to the latest edition on our way to play snooker last Friday. We've got a clip for you. It's from the wonderful 1978 documentary This England. It features Jim Meadowcroft explaining how determined he was to play snooker. But it did leave Johan and me wondering if he'd taken things a bit too far. Um, We hope you enjoy it. John, from <laughs> Should we have a listen to the clip? Yes. It's a good, <laughs> it's a good clip. That documentary's brilliant, actually. Have you watched it? Yeah, or? it's really, really good. Yeah. It's almost... it's good. Even if you're not into snooker, it's quite a good insight into 1970s Britain. Yeah. And uh, it's quite interesting. Virgo's on it quite a lot as well. Virgo! Before he was famous. <laughs> anyway, we'll have a listen to this clip. Jim Meadowcroft lives in Baycup in Lancashire. Yet another pro who was knocked out of the championship. He started playing when he was 14. I went down to the local billiard hall 
uh, being too young to get into the clubs and so on. And uh, of course, it was badly thought of with uh, my parents. You know, my father, of course, he, he sort of went mad about the idea. He said uh, you, you shouldn't go in these billiard halls because they're they're a den of iniquity and so on. This is where all the trouble starts. And then after a couple of uh, good islands, he said to me, "Look, this is what I'll do." He said, I'll take you down to the billiard hall. He said, and if you can beat me at snooker, he said, then you can carry on going in. He said, but if I beat you, you've got to stop. So I took him down to the billiard hall. And, uh, of course, we played um, one frame of snooker and I murdered him. <laughs> then I murdered him. I murdered him. It's a bit hard. We played one frame of snooker and then I murdered him. <laughs> so he couldn't stop me from playing again. Jim Meadowcroft from Bearcup, Lancashire. I murdered me father <laughs> so I could play snooker. How did you start playing snooker? Well, first of all, I murdered my father. <laughs> then I strangled my mother. <laughs> and then I started playing. And then I was really ready. And then I was warmed up. <laughs> I could kill anybody. <laughs> I killed my father with my, his own cue. My father. My father. My father. I my killed my father with his own cue. <laughs> I had to... Bash my mother's brains in with a snooker ball in my sock. <laughs> my father. Oh, my poor father. <laughs> yes, Jim, that is too far. My poor father. Oh, I've murdered my poor father. <laughs> All to go out in the quarterfinals of the British Open. Well, thanks for that email. I really appreciate that, John. And All the way from New Jersey. I'd like to know more about them, too. Like, how did they get into snooker? Where did they play <coughs> snooker in America? Uh, do you think they're British? Expat. Expat. John, if you can be bothered, which I understand you probably can't, but I'd like to hear from you again. Give us your life story. Well, I just want to know how you got into snooker and how many snooker tables are there in New Jersey. And your pin number. <laughs> <laughs> and full address. And your mother's maiden name, please. <laughs> That'll do. And yeah, that's um. Can we get bays? Can I just have a look at bays? Yeah, you can have a look at it. I'm gonna get it. Yeah, have a look at it, mate. Well, I'm less prudish than you. I'll read some of it out, mate. I'll say any old shit. <laughs> well, I'll go and get it. But if there are any listeners of a nervous disposition, maybe oh. skip this bit because it could be a bit risque. I'll just, I'll just here it is. I mean, I'll just open it at random page and have a look. Right. I mean, we probably won't use any of this. It's disgusting. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> it's bad, isn't it? Oh my God! Is it all like this? Yeah, the whole book is total and utter um, terrible stuff. I mean, you, you don't can't... need to tank me up to get me into the mood, Kevin. Good. He took the empty glass from her and deposited it on the table. Let's go to the bedroom, Sally. Kevin, we haven't had dinner yet. Her indignation lacked conviction. His eagerness was a big turn-on after Toby's usual take-it-or-leave-it attitude. She was feeling incredibly raunchy. Maybe he had doctored her drink. What was it called? Spanish fly. <laughs> When I was a little boy, I always wanted to begin with dessert. With one swift movement, he lifted her up and strode into the bedroom. The room was in semi-darkness. She only had time to register a king-sized double bed covered in furs <laughs> before lay he was laying her down in the middle of them. He undressed her effortlessly, lit a joint 
and handed it to her. I, I don't usually let yourself go. I want to give you endless pleasure. <laughs> I'd like to remember this night tomorrow morning, he laughed. I promise you a night you'll remember for a long time to come. She dragged deeply on the joint. She needed a night of total abandonment. She was already aroused to fever pitch, and he'd hardly touched her. The furs made her feel wonderfully sensuous. She inhaled again, watching him undress. He had a beautiful body, and it was all hers. He was certainly taking his time, undressing slowly and pausing to share the joint with her. She was getting impatient. His cock was long and thick. <laughs> His cock was long. His cock was long and thick, and already the stem. Long and thick. That's why I love. <laughs> You're so cute. Good pencil. Is that your cock or your cue, mate? Put your cue away. Put a bit of chalk on that. Dip it in. <laughs> <laughs> she sucked hard on the joint and turned over to stub it out into an ashtray on the bedside table. She was deliciously high. <laughs> so it took her a while to accomplish the simple task. It was the opportunity Kevin had been waiting for. He quickly reached for a tube on the dresser, squeezed cream onto his palm and rubbed it over his erection. <laughs> Sally turned back and Kevin was there on top of her, plunging his tongue into her mouth and squeezing her breasts. She kissed him hungrily and grabbed hold of him. She couldn't wait any longer. She guided him into position, placed her hands on his buttocks and pulled him into her. Okay. That'll do. That, one, that actually wasn't too bad. That's probably oh, one God, of the most... Oh, God, it gets so much worse after that. Well, I know. That's probably one of the most readable bits without getting too oh. embarrassed. But um, you can... I mean, just give the listeners an idea how bad it is. You wouldn't feel comfortable reading it out, would you? No, I mean, I've stopped at the point where... It's, it just gets so bad. And I'm quite a lot of the preambles pretty uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, some of that was a bit... Oof. Close to the bone, should we say. But, yeah. We could maybe... I mean, that was quite funny, you reading that out, but it's just a shame that it just descends into... Gratuitous. Go just read this bit. <laughs> <laughs> she moaned over and over again. Don't stop. That's fantastic. Please don't stop. Over and over again. Imagine that. Yeah. Right. Ah! That is fucking disgusting. It's Nikki, terrible, isn't it? Nikki Davies, you mucky cow. <laughs> I wonder who she is. Bayes tells the real story of professional snooker that television viewers have hitherto only exp- suspected the rivalry, the sex, the pools and the drugs. So is this supposed to be a true story? I don't know what it is. It's just weird, isn't it? It's weird. You can bowl it if you want to. <laughs> have a good one. <laughs> Other than those well-known names in the world of snooker, which have been out of financial verification, all characters in Sins and Bays are purely fictitious and yeah. bear no resemblance to persons living or dead. Good. Anyway, um, one thing I did want to mention was, um, do you know, a couple of episodes ago we were talking about... Um, Joyriding. Yes. And I said, I vividly remember this Children's Ward episode where mm. they went joyriding. Mm. Well, somebody uploaded all the series of Children's Ward onto YouTube. Trolled through And I found episode. that episode and yeah. watched it. And uh, it was quite good. I enjoyed it. Mm. 
And then in my head, I, I was thinking, um, oh, there's another episode where they break into a vet and they steal ketamine. Who's a vet? Ketamine. 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 Or steal some kind of tranquilizer and they eat it and they're trying to jump over this wall mm. and then they sort of slip and one of them smashes their face to bits. <laughs> right. But that episode's not on there. So I must have just made it up in my head. Maybe that actually happened. I can see yeah. it all, but it's just not there. I can there. see it's all there. But one of the things I did notice on Children's Board is um, on a lot of the episodes, Danny Dyer is in one of the beds, just like giving the nurses abuse. Oh, yeah! <laughs> I'm Danny Dyer. But it got me thinking of um, other kids' TV shows. Mm. And did you ever watch Biker Grove? Yeah, of course. Um, and it ran, Biker Grove ran for 18 years. Yes. I was reading this on Wikipedia. And in the end, it's got one of the best twists in any TV drama ever. I know made. about this. You know about this? We've so, spoken about this in the pub once. Yeah. So we were looking it up. So, so the, the ending of it is absolutely insane. Yeah. So, I mean, as twists go, this is mad. If you'd watched it for 18 years as yeah. a sort of gritty drama, this is how it all ends. Yeah. This is from okay. Wikipedia. After 18 series, the show ended in 2006, and its ending with met, was met with a lot of criticism. The episode was titled Deus Ex Machina, which is the name of a plot mechanism known used, often used in storytelling that resolves a seemingly unsolvable problem using an abrupt or unlikely occurrence. In the finale, everyone in the Grove realises they were actually just made-up characters in a TV show and that their whole world is controlled by the writers who plan to demolish the Grove. They are then all given a piece of paper to write their own ending, but they soon realise that the Grove is disappearing into a void and someone must bury it Someone must buy it in order to save it. Eventually, after they are all attacked by a full-sized T-Rex, Stumpy finds some buried treasure and uses it to buy the grove, essentially saving it and everyone within it. But just as it seems that the day has been saved, we discover that the whole place has been rigged with dynamite and the grove blows up, presumably killing everybody. That's insane, isn't it? Yes. I I, I had read that before. It's and amazing. it is just mental. But I, what I like to think happened is the writers of Biker Grove got told halfway through the series, like... Yeah, this is ending now. You're all, you're all getting fired. They just took the piss, and they were like, "Fuck it, we're just gonna yeah, yeah. like that's your last episode. Take it or leave it." Yeah. Um, what else have we got to talk about? Oh, do you know Sean Murphy's doing a I podcast? Oh, I didn't. No. Started a podcast, and he calls it the Snooker Podcast. That isn't a Snooker Podcast. Which is quite a novel idea. He's uh, stolen our bitch! But um, he's getting 20,000 listeners per episode. Happy yeah, with 20. <laughs> but anyway, so they're quite keen on getting people to ask questions on Twitter. They'll mm. ask on Twitter for questions and then there'll be a thread of questions. So I asked one. Um, quite, you know, serious sneaker question. Where did you get your idea for your podcast from, <laughs> Sean? <laughs> yeah, it was actually quite a, you know, a sensible question. Mm. Um, and there was loads of crap ones like, would you rather, you know, fight a thingy? <laughs> would you rather fight Barry Hearn's arsehole? <laughs> or 25 or 25 tiny Jeff phones. So I asked this question and then looked back on the thread and all the questions had been liked apart from mine. Mm. And I thought, that's a bit odd. And then I listened mm. to the podcast and they all got read out apart from mine. Mm. And then I remembered that I annoyed Sean Murphy once because mm. he tweeted that he... He used to have this audio book, a snooker audio book, when he was a kid. Oh, yeah, I remember now. And no one could find it. And I said, oh, we've got it. We played it on the podcast and sent him a link to one of the episodes. He started listening to it and live tweeting, saying, I'm 20 minutes in, not heard it yet. And he went, I've just finished it, not heard it. I'm really annoyed. <laughs> so he's obviously holding a <clears throat> Yeah, but he was 
he, what he did was he listened to that podcast, didn't hear the thing he wanted to, but then thought, I'll start my own podcast doing the same thing. Well, he did, but I just feel like he's holding a grudge because it, right. it was a good question. Can we get the podcast lawyers onto this? I think so, yeah. Do you know any lawyers? <laughs> no. <laughs> Is anyone who's a listener also a lawyer? Probably yeah. not. We're very lowbrow, aren't we? Pretty lowbrow, yeah. But anyway... What else have we got to talk about? I don't know. I saw this in the Daily Mirror. Oh. Very odd. This is just when you're just brushing your teeth. <laughs> this is like a really late sort of reporting of an incident because this was in the Daily Mirror like recently. Right. And I think this must this happened in the seventies. Oh. So I mean, it must have been a slow, just filed the copy. A slow news day. <laughs> Daily Mirror. Snooker legend Terry Griffiths unwittingly smoked a spliff given to him by Wild Man Jimmy White and missed all his shots. <laughs> Promoter Barry Hearn said teetotaler Terry was the star attraction at a trickshot contest of the Hong Kong Masters. Barry, who was master of ceremonies, said, We held the best back to last. I gave it the big build-up. Nah, the 1979 World Championship a great trickshot artist. The one, the only, ah, Terry Griffiths. At first, Terry failed to appear, but then came out walking like a drunkard, in inverted commas. Asked if he was okay, Terry replied, Oh, I've just had one of Jimmy's fags. Those big roll your own ones, they're great, aren't they? <laughs> oh, the colours. Have a bang on this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, buddy. Oh, I've just had one of Jimmy's fags. Oh, I missed all my shots because I was high on doobage. I'm absolutely titted out of my brain on skunkweed. 